0: Y two, green right off, nasty, Hound to Y three X space, back right one. Right, green
1: Edison!
0: <laughs> Gleak Football Weekly starts right now. Now here's your host, Jake Reepma. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, just give it up. Give it up. We are so back. It is happening. Gleak Football Weekly. Season 2 is on the air. We're underway. And you know what? Just go ahead everybody, just go ahead give yourselves a round of applause because you know what? We got through it and we are so back and ready for Gliek football in 2021. Welcome one. Welcome all. Welcome in to Season 2 of the Gliek Football Weekly Podcast. I'll be your host all season long, Jake Reema, the Gliek columnist for d2football.com and as much of a GLIAC crony and crazy as anybody else tuning in, but uh, seriously, from the from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you for tuning into GLIAC Football Weekly. I think I speak for a lot of us when I say it's been a long time coming. But if, if, just in case you're new to the program, this is how it works. GLIAC Football Weekly, the only podcast dedicated to covering the latest and greatest on the gridiron in the GLIAC. It's an extension of my column for D2Football.com covering the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. I will waste everybody's time for just a little bit here, 30 seconds, about me, playing a little football at Northwood. Did not ca- accomplish nearly nearly anything in comparison to the late great Pat Reitman, who was my father, the all-time winningest coach at Northwood. Grew up going to GLIAC football games. It is in my blood and forever will be. Love Division II football. Love all the action on the gridiron. But most importantly, I love bringing GLIAC football to the airwaves and giving it the exposure it so rightfully deserves. But that's enough spent on me. Time to dive into what we've got going for season two. So same format as season one. We'll have a little opening. We'll do a feature interview. We'll throw in some mailbag questions. And of course, we'll have the picks to close it out at the end of the episode. But With that said, this week we've got a special guest so I don't want to spend any more time blabbing with the the mumbo jumbo and just going on and on and on. I want to get right into the guest because who better to have on to kick off the season than the commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Chris Dunbar, the seventh commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. I sat down with her earlier this week. Let's get right into it. After that, we'll go through with some picks and, of course, wrap it up with some mailbags. So without further ado, here she is, Commissioner Chris Dunbar. All right. As part of our Gleak Football Weekly Podcast, what better way to kick off the season than with the commissioner? We welcome in the seventh commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Chris Dunbar. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Jake, thank you so much. And thanks for doing this again this year. It's exciting to be back with you because I know we have football coming up.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I mean, we, I think we could all agree that there's times in this business, it's a labor of love. We love what we do, but it can be, you know, hard work and that sort of thing. But just having the absence of, of no season last year just has me and I'm sure you and everybody else that much more excited for this year.
1: Absolutely. I, I can't wait to go to my first football game uh, Thursday and uh, excited that we're going to be starting and seeing our players on the field and having fans in the stands. And yeah, it's such a relief this year. So we're we're really excited and I can't wait.
0: Well, absolutely. And that's a great place to start, Commissioner Dunbar, just in terms of the excitement level. And again, I'm, we were talking before we even hopped on this call, just as a former player, you know, the, the August comes around, you start getting into the routine and The juices start flowing a little bit. I'm sure, um, you know, as a coach, as a player, you can relate to that now. And from the administration side, just all of the excitement building for this 2021 season on the gridiron, what has you most excited?
1: Well, to see the faces of the student-athletes, really, and the coaches, because I know the coaches are going to be just as giddy as the student-athletes are, that they're going to be running through a tunnel and getting out on a field and getting a chance to play something that is just so important to them. So I I cannot wait to see our student athletes run through tunnels and come out and the joy on their faces. Uh, Everybody's just so excited to see this happen. I know some of them played last spring, but it's just not the same with having a championship to play for. And uh, you know how coveted that GLIAC title is and, you know, they give everything they have out on the field to, to try to win those games. So to me, what has me most excited is, just to have the feeling that those student athletes get to do what they love to do and train all summer for.
0: No doubt about it. We're visiting with commissioner Chris Dunbar here on the first episode of Bleak football weekly. And you alluded to it a little bit. There's some Thursday games coming up this week. There's some Saturday games, but here we are, we're entering week one, but think of just the tumultuous year for, for everybody in so many different ways that led to this point. It, you know, there's obviously some highs and some lows, when you look back at to just the struggles and really the challenges and some triumphs that this this league this conference some of the individual schools went through as as someone that's at the top of you know the just overseeing it all what has you most proud of in terms of as commissioner as you get to the gliac
1: in this point Really, working with institutions that all have to come together to make decisions uh, for not just the student athletes, but coaches, officials, the, the people that work the games. And um, you know, we've had so many meetings. Our athletic directors, we have been meeting weekly uh, for at least a year now, every, every Friday at 9 a.m. And we've missed very few calls except for holidays. Mm-hmm. These uh, athletic directors and other uh, administrators on campuses. Uh, have been getting together to talk about the landscape what's, because, you know, everything changes. You can think you have something in place ready to go one week and then the next week it completely blows up. So, you know, there was a time where we were, do we want to meet on a monthly basis? Every t- and it, We couldn't. We had to meet every week. And presidents and chancellors, I don't think they've... Uh, ever been so involved with athletics, uh, just because we're making huge decisions for the health and safety of their their staffs, their student athletes. So really to see the uh, level of commitment that all of our institutions put forth to try to come up with safety protocols, but to really see that we could play sports and play sports safely uh, has just, uh, it's been overwhelming to just get on those phone calls, get on those Zoom calls and, and work with all of our our institutions and really try to come up with some things to help our student athletes get to do what they love to do.
0: Yeah. And as just as a follow-up to that, was there ever a, a time where, where you felt like we're going to have to make some serious, you know, serious changes or the outlook might necessarily might not have been as favorable as you wanted or, you know, and again, I hate to make you relive some of those really <laughs> difficult days if there were, but just for, for fans tuning in, parents tuning in, was there a sense where where or even we could spin it as a positive where you had a coming together moment where you felt like, okay, Gleak football, Gliak Athletics is going to be back in full and better than ever in 2021?
1: I think we've always had that. Um ever since you know the the spring season ended last year really when a a couple of schools played and and seemed to get through um, their their scrimmages you know their joint practices and we didn't see too many issues happening um, on the field when those schools got together so seeing that that was successful I think gave us all hope and I think you know really all summer long we've we've made progress on protocols and trying to do things safely but I don't think we ever wavered from, are we gonna play or not? We, we wanted to play, we wanted to make sure we were gonna see that the, our football teams compete this fall. And I, I think that was the goal and we've been working to make that goal happen all summer long.
0: Commissioner Chris Dunbar is our guest on GLIAC Football Weekly. Now let's kind of narrow the the focus to just collegiate football here in the 2021 season. Some really compelling storylines when you think about Ferris State nationally ranked in the top 5, Grand Valley State nationally ranked, Wayne State coming off one of their most successful seasons in program history, Paul Winners earning coach of the year in 2019, and then you've got the Saginaw Valley State Cardinals under Ryan Brady in year 2. Just some of the specific storylines you're looking forward to seeing unfold. In the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference.
1: Well, that's the thing you've hit it on. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. Just a parody. yeah, I kind of stole them all. I'm sorry. You do. <laughs> we, we do have some really, really elite programs, but honestly, I think any any team in our conference can go out and make an upset. I, I think if you talk to any of those coaches who have those high rankings, they're they're not looking at taking it easy any weekend, uh, any Saturday afternoon or evening. They know that um, that the league is tough, and you can pretty much as a coach, I know you can throw those rankings away at the beginning of the year because you have, it's great that people think that highly of maybe your recruiting class and the the leadership you have coming back, but you know that you have to put something special together on the field and carry that through. And you have injuries that you have to, you know, make sure that you avoid. And, um, but to me, um, those stories of, Seeing those teams battle and it's it's the ones that you didn't expect to happen, but you know are out there and it's going to happen. You're going to see an upset here or there. And um, <clears throat> it's just what makes sports sports. You have to play the game. You can do all your predictions at the beginning of the season, but you really have to play the games to see what's going to come to fruition by the end. So I, I'm just excited to see how our top teams do. But honestly, I'm just excited to see how maybe some of the underdogs do this year, because I think there's a lot of hope with them as well.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, at, at, at the risk, we know you are first and foremost, the commissioner, but a Lake Superior State grad. So they don't have football necessarily. So, you know, there's not that specific rooting interest. And I probably know the answer to this question before you even asking it. But are there ever times where you're watching a game and you, you're feeling a little tug one way or the other? Or is it always just I'm the commissioner? This is this is my league and whatever happens, happens.
1: I, I always, it's fun to go to non-conference games because then I can actually cheer,
0: right?
1: <laughs> yeah. clap and be excited when a team, because normally I just have to be miss neutral on the sideline. And um, I, I'm just like anybody else. I will cheer for great plays and great effort. And, you know, it's, it's hard to sit on your hands the whole game and, and not be excited when somebody makes some great play. And um, you know, I cheer more the, the individual efforts that I see out on the field more so than one team winning over the other. But sometimes when you look at national rankings and you know how important some games are for your uh, for your conference to win, right. um, you can get a little more excited and you, you kind of hope, but you never cheer against your own uh, your own conference. So for me, I cheer for the, the big plays and, and those special moments that you see out on the field.
0: No doubt about it. And uh, turning our attention to just having fans back at sporting events, it's going to be so, um, I mean, you touched on it earlier, just that's part of the the student athlete experience is just having that home environment and that lively environment that uh, GLIAC fans are great at providing. So just in, in terms of GLIAC following the fans, when you, as commissioner, when you hear them talk about the GLIAC, what what do you want the message to be for for GLIAC fans when when GLIAC football fans think this is this is the conference we belong to? What should
1: that say? Well, I, I think you know when you go to a football game that's a Gleeck football contest that you're going to see really really great athletes out on the field. Uh, you're going to Division One isn't the only ones that put out pros, and uh, you, we know from our list that we've had make it through from from our conference that you're seeing special talent out on the field and you don't have to go to a division one game to get that, that same type of uh, that same type of athleticism or plays being made, or um, even at a lot of our institutions, that same kind of atmosphere that you get from your fan base. Um, they, there are amazing. It's one of the premier conferences in division two in football, and that's what our fans I think relate to and understand. So Um, you know, for me, a a fan buys a ticket to a GLIAC contest and they know they're going to see two teams compete and that take a lot of pride in playing under a GLIAC banner and hoping to be able to raise a banner by the end of the season.
0: Absolutely. Visiting with commissioner Chris Dunbar here on GLIAC football weekly and kind of a follow up to that same question with fans, you know, it. It's in the news. It's it's part of what's transpired over the last couple of years. Ashland leaving the conference, um, my alma mater, on their way out following this year. So there is some discussion about the future of the league as it relates to football. Such a solid conference for so many years, and such a prestigious conference and historic, really, over the years. And in football, basketball, baseball, you name it. But with the football specific teams leaving um, the conference, what do you what do you think the the best way to classify the future of the GLIAC is?
1: Well, I, we still have a very strong future. You know, we still have solid uh, solid football programs. We still have very committed coaches and institutions to their football teams. Um, they want to see them be successful. So the teams that we still have are exceptional and and second to none uh, over any uh, conference in, in Division Two. We still have an extremely good uh, football quality uh, uh, conference. So with that said, you know we we're definitely open. you know we we have been um, you know looking and uh, we' certainly aren't shying away if there's a an institution in our footprint that offers a, a quality program that we think would definitely help um, raise the profile of of our conference. So you know we are keeping our options open. Uh, we are looking at different places in our footprint, and we hope to continue the success with our football conference. but we're we're also looking to build on it as well.
0: Commissioner Dunmar, a lot has been made of some of the new rule implementations of net name, image and likeness, Nil, um, and that's something very popular and prominent amongst the Division one level. So it might be a little bit different of a landscape in Division two, but just for fans understanding what is, Na- name, image, and likeness as it relates to Division II athletes in the GLIAC?
1: Well, what you've heard is just uh, between Division I and Division II, the rules themselves are very similar. Um, you just probably won't hear of the big dollar uh, numbers that are thrown around with some of the higher profile uh, Division One institutions. You know, I would say Division Two. a lot of our schools are very similar to a lot of mid major Division Ones. Uh, you know, that we will deal with name, image, and likeness. The same, well, Division II student athletes would would deal with it kind of in that same regard. Um, But we, as a conference, are allowing each institution to come up with their own rules and, and regulations around name, image, and likeness. So, they Each of our schools have compliance coordinators, um, and, you know, they're working with different companies that come in and and they can help through this, or they, the, the compliance people are are doing that themselves within their own campus. But yes, I, I think it's great. I think that student athletes should, um, have the privilege of using their own name image and their own likeness. So, um, you know, I think the NCAA has done the right thing with moving forward and, and allowing kids, allowing student athletes to have a little more access to their own brand. Um, and you're, you're just seeing things pop up all over the place of, you know, this is happening, cars going here and money going here and contracts over there. Um, you know, will that happen for Division two student athletes? I don't see why not. I mean, you, you're talking about some schools in big market areas as well. Will it be that same level? Probably not, um, but you just, you never know. But I, I do think it's a positive that, you know, student athletes get a chance to have that. The only thing I hope is that it doesn't overtake too much of their their time and they, they still do their studies because I, <laughs> I can see how that could be a little overwhelming for an 18 to 21-year-old um, worried about what their brand is like at the same time being full-time students and also trying to play their sport. So it is a little dangerous, but I do think it's overdue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think back to, uh, of course, I was nowhere near good enough a player on the field. But uh, I mean, heck, I would have done my my, my homework and tried to uh, get out there in Midland and maybe done a car commercial or something or anything, you know, to to capitalize on that uh, name, image and likeness. And I think it's uh, to echo your statements, just a a remarkable opportunity now for student athletes to, to have that moving forward.
1: Yeah, hopefully, like you said, it's uh, it's something that they can control and keep track of. But why not? It, you know, even if it's some ice cream shop down the street right. they can get ice cream on. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I remember when I was coaching and uh, the the local salon asked if they could give a discount to my student athletes uh, to come in and get their hair cut. And I said, no, you can't. I mean, there's just so many of these little rules that student-athletes get tripped up over, and and now, you know, I think it's loosened a lot. Just the integrity of the game is still there, but maybe there's some other things that are helping along the way.
0: Absolutely. Well, Commissioner, we want to be respectful of your time, so we'll get you out the door uh, with one last question. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, because I always think about um, as, a, you know, one of my favorite parts as a, a former student athlete in the GLIAC was just the different road trips you got to take throughout the course of the season. And, and as commissioner, I'm sure you've been to every single campus, every, just about every single venue. Do you have a couple that stick out to you when, when they come up on the calendar, you circle it and are excited to make this particular road trip?
1: A lot of stuff revolves around food too so if <laughs> yeah, places exactly. that i know that have really good restaurants and places to eat um yeah i'm circling those places quite a bit but um you know i yeah there there are some places that i love to go i really all of our institutions are in fantastic areas so there is something great about each one so there isn't one that I ever think, oh, shoot, that's, um, that's someplace I have to go through every single place I do look forward to going because really one, there's a good place to eat at it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but to uh, the people involved at each of our institutions, I just I really enjoy going to and getting a chance to see them. I try to stay away from the bad weather. That's the only deterrent. I look at the radar before I go and I usually try to avoid the (laughs) snowstorms
0: yeah well well, that could be tough in in the upper peninsula um which you're obviously you're well 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 aware (laughs) of that so but commissioner thank you so much this has been awesome we really appreciate your time and uh any final thoughts i will definitely give you the floor here
1: well, I just want to thank you for doing this, Jake. This platform is fantastic for our our league and to showcase what we do have with our with our football programs. So, just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for doing this again. I'm excited to see you doing this because I know we have football, but again, it's great for our for our conference and our student athletes and our coaches to have you promoting it like you do. So, thank you.
0: Well, my pleasure all the way. We we'll look forward to a great week of. A great season of GLIAC football and, of course, GLIAC football weekly. Commissioner Dunbar, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jake. That's Chris Dunbar, the commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. More to come on GLIAC football weekly. And my sincere thanks to Commissioner Chris Dunbar for hopping on GLIAC football weekly and kicking off the 2021 season with us. Always a pleasure to speak with the one in charge, the commissioner Chris Dunbar, and and I will go as far as say it just feels so good to be back, and it just feels so right to be talking Gleeck football with you all. And and I, I should have started with this, and and strike one for me. It's it's I, I didn't have a preseason, folks. You know, it's just roll the ball out and, and play. But I should have gone through the Gleeck football preseason poll just in case you've been living under a rock and don't have it memorized by now but it is episode one we haven't played a game yet so this is all we have to go off of and I should have started it from the beginning with that but without further ado here we go um we all know Fair State number one in the GLIAC football poll number three in the country Grand Valley State at number two Wayne State number three Saginaw Valley State number four the Huskies of Michigan Tech at number five, Davenport Panthers number six, Northern Michigan seven, and the Northwood Timberwolves in the basement at number eight. So there's your Gleeck preseason poll. Now, what does that mean? I think we can all, again, an extension of the column. I wrote this for d2football.com. Gleeck's very top-heavy, and and we know that with Ferris and Grand Valley. Ferris State, of course, the undefeated season in the regular season in 2019 going to be the hunted all season long grand valley state poses the biggest threat on paper but don't forget about wayne state who's coming off of one of their best seasons in program history in 2019 paul winner's squad's a little bit younger this year but um speaking of grand valley we should just touch on this before we go any further unfortunately their game on Saturday scheduled against Edinburgh, is canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. So yes, it's great to be back and we're celebrating the return of GLIAC football, but we're not out of the woods yet with the cancellation coming through. So very unfortunate um, And and I think Coach Mitchell handled it well saying he was of course disappointed for his guys, but it is still time to move forward and Grand Valley will look forward to Colorado State Pueblo on september 11th to kick off their season and they did their best to schedule a game that was part of the mailbag that we had in so i'm um coming through on twitter so i might as well touch on that right away jameson guinness i don't know if that's actually his real name i'm gonna just say it's not but i believe he's got some grand valley ties based on his followers and who he's following asking what are the odds in a week one cancellation due to COVID. Unfortunately, again, we don't love to see this. Um, it, it's a major bummer. And I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I think I, I truly believe there's more good and more moving forward than there is um, going to be of these these sorts of uh, unfortunate happenings. But sometimes it is un- inevitable as well. Um, but the, the tweet goes on to say after both teams tried really hard to play a challenge or changing the game from Thursday to Saturday and again yeah this is uh this tweet came in a day ago so it is a little bit dated but at the same time worth reiterating. Major Bummer extremely disappointed for Grand Valley and their their fans, their players, their coaching staff, everybody. but rest assured we are going to get the season underway for the Lakers just at a later time. Um, and that was the end of the tweet odds. GV can grab a last minute game. I know they tried. Um, I believe there was a couple of interactions, um, with, uh, some different teams out there. I I spoke with, uh, one member of the grand Valley front office who basically, you know, everything now gets put on Twitter. So you can go ahead and, uh, and read it for yourself there on the old Twitter airwaves as they, as they, as they call it. So, um, uh, who were who were the ones that I believe was WSSU and um, IUP was an option, Saint Thomas, um, and everybody else wasn't uh, wasn't WSSU is Winston Salem State, so I should have clarified that, um, and then IUP is Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So those were both hard nosed, didn't want to come to. Lover Stadium, and, and there's a lot that goes into this. It's not just me painting, oh, nobody wants to come play Grand Valley State. And of course, you know, it's different times, but uh, and a similar comparison, I guess, you could make was when, remember last year at the Division I ranks when BYU and Coastal Carolina just played a game. And uh, I mean, I think it was scheduled less than a week out. So it can happen, but uh, a lot of things have to come together. So unfortunately, I'm not surprised by. The way it all transpired with Grand Valley being unable to fill that open date for this opening weekend. But at the, again, at the same time, what or it's an unfortunate situation that uh, isn't necessarily avoidable at times. So let's get into the games that actually are happening. And again, a lot happening on a Thursday night, which will be a lot of fun. So the season will kick off on September 3rd, Thursday night. Uh, three GLIAC teams going to be in action. We've got two GLIAC-PSAC matchups, and then Ferris State taking on the University of Finley in Big Rapids. That one is a GLIAC versus GMAC game. So starting with Wayne State and Slippery Rock, recall to 2019 when Slippery Rock came to Detroit, Tom Adams Field, and quite frankly ran the Warriors off the field in the first half, and that was thanks largely in part to Roland Rivers. I w- wrote in my in my uh, week preview exactly what his stats were. I know he had 400 yards passing and six touchdowns, another one rushing, but point being, and obviously <laughs> Roland Rivers is pretty good. He went on to win uh, the 2019 Harlan Hill Trophy. Um, again, if you're new to the program, Harlan Hill Trophy is the equivalent of the D2 Heisman, and Roland Rivers could flat out play. So, He's gone. Uh, I believe he's with the Steelers. I don't know if he made the 53-man roster, but I'm going on and on about Roland Rivers. He was fantastic and the latest Harlan Hill Trophy winner, but let's get into Wayne State. So lose some guys. They're going to be relatively young. I believe 55 guys on the roster that are in there first or second year with the program and Wayne State's always a tough gritty team you know Paul Winters is going to be his 18th season I believe the reigning GLIAC coach of the year third time he's won that award so kudos to Paul Winters I mean, he's just been a a face of the GLIAC for years and years and years. He and my father went way back and and were great had great respect for one another. And I always admired because my father admired Paul Winters. Therefore, I had that dis, um instilled in me from a very young age. And then what Coach Winters has done at Wayne State. But that said, I still think the fifth ranked Slippery Rock. Uh, program poses way too big of a threat for Wayne State. And Slippery Rock is, again, loaded. And I'm not going to pretend like I know the Peace Act from up and down, but it is another solid Division II conference. And Slippery Rock is at the top of that conference. They went to the national semifinals in 2019. And they've got uh, enough of their core back to obviously be in that, uh, that upper echelon ranked number five in the country. So I got to go with Slippery Rock here over Wayne State, which is uh, a bummer because obviously I want to be rooting for my GLIAC teams. But, uh, you know, I think Slippery Rock, even on the road at Wayne State, is going to get that one done and be victorious. So... Um, but Wayne State showed uh, in 2019 a couple of early losses that won't derail their season. I mean, they lost their first two games, then went 8-1 and one, um, impressively to end the year. But I got Slippery Rock in this one. All right, next one is Northwood taking on Gannon. Another little GLIAC PSAC edition of some Week 1 opening football and actually you know what i just i gotta i gotta pause for a second here because i'm realizing that i don't know if there's such thing as being in in shape and of course there is for physically speaking and that's why you go to training camp and that's why you go to uh through two days although now it's gotten so soft there is no two days that's right any any players listening to this back in my day you know we had two days non-stop no but seriously i i think uh college and, and most of it is predicated around the idea of actually being smart and not you know running kids into the ground but i'm not getting on that tangent I was just going to be fully transparent with everyone and saying you know this is this is episode one and the excitements there but it is it is like i got to get adjusted here i gotta get used to just blabbing on without anybody actually responding i know anyone listening might might be i might be upsetting them I, they might be into it you know whatever it may be, but uh, in the actual time of recording the podcast, you're not gonna have that instant feedback. So it actually is just kind of exactly like my day to day. I talk and talk and talk and hope somebody listens, and 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 I'll never know what they do because nobody ever responds. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. But side little aside from the little distraction there, game number two of the slate for. This coming week one, and it's another Thursday night game. Northwood taking on Gannon. Northwood desperately, desperately needs to start the season with a win. 2019 was was downright um, tough to watch. I mean, it was a, a one and ten season, I believe. Um, one and nine in the Gleeck with the only win coming over in Northern Michigan. And I hope you can hear the pain in my voice. Um, again, if you're new to the program. I bleed Northwood blue and make no apologies for it. Still have the ability to cover the league um, and and pay attention to everything that goes on, but I'm not going to hide who I am. I'm not going to hide the fact that I grew up around Northwood football. I played at Northwood. It's my alma mater, and I love that coaching staff and always will. But at the same time, I think I know, they know, the Northwood Timberwolves need to be better moving forward. So with that said, I think I'm confident... Saying that uh, I think I'm confident. That's a little oxymoron there, Jake. I hope that they get it done in Week One against Gannon, who on paper I believe the Timberwolves can match up against. And this game is being played under the lights, and so it'll be at the Midland Community Stadium, not at Northwood University. But nonetheless, the Timberwolves get it done this week with a win over Gannon. Let's let's do it, huh? All right. Next game: the third-ranked Ferris State Bulldogs taking on the Finley Oilers. From Top Taggart Field in Big Rapids, I'm sure it'll be a sellout crowd, a hostile environment, you know, the whole thing. And, and I really do, I, I say that uh, sincerely. I mean, the the game day experience in Big Rapids at Ferris State is, is a lot of fun. And I've been there a couple of times. They treat me so well. And I know, I know we've got some dogs listening. And over the years, it's been fun interacting with them. And, you know, they yank my chain. I know it. I know it. They, they. It's all right. I got a thick skin. I can handle it. And they've had plenty to boast about in, in recent years. But don't sleep on the University of Finley. I think in 2019, um, Ferris may have a little bit because Finley came to top tagger field and narrowly narrowly escaped um but in fact it was ferris that got the victory so it was a 24 23 game i just remember it coming down to the down to the wire obviously as the score indicates but ferris did get the win my point is though it was a lot closer than what people thought it would be and i don't necessarily and i wrote this in the column i don't necessarily think that uh this particular matchup is going to be that way. I just, I really do think Ferris is that good. I mean, the amount of firepower they have on offense—Marvin Campbell, Cy Barnett, Xavier Wade—as uh, wide receivers. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the quarterback situation looks like. If it'll be Malik Mitchell or Evan Cummings. Um, Cummings has some game experience, but I—and I, again, I said this on the um, the top twenty-five release video for D2Football.com—that. Tony Anise is just a brilliant offensive mastermind. So whoever he's got under center, whoever they've got at offensive line, skill positions, whatever it may be, if Tony Anise is calling plays, look out. Uh, opposition, the defensive opposition, just, just go ahead and, and, and be, um, be on, on call there because Tony Anise knows how to – put his players in a position to be successful and, and he's made a living doing it. But Ferris state university of Finley, top Taggart field night game, Thursday night, it's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be wild. And I think Ferris, uh, plays to that environment and and wins pretty easily in this one and I'll even is I'll even say wins going away maybe we you know not that we're promoting any type of wagering by any means but uh, if I were to handicap the game I think Ferris State should be a touchdown and a half favorite um, 14 14 and a half point favorite that's how that's how good this Ferris State team is so let's jump ahead to Saturday First game of the day, Davenport at home taking on Truman State. Now, Truman State is... it's kind of like, I mean, it's preseason rankings, but kind of sneakily getting some um, some nice preseason accolades. They were a t- uh, top 30 team in one publication coming in at 29. And they were picked third in the GLVC, which we know is a great football conference. Uh, another one of those staple Midwest conferences that uh, has, is just getting deeper and deeper by by the year. But, uh, and Truman, they, you know, again, this is going all the way back to 2019, but they had their way with Wayne State, uh, a Gliac opponent who, of course, beat Davenport. And, and those are just transitive properties that, again, are, are well expired by this time because how many times we've said it's been over 600 days since these teams last played, which is very true. So, a completely different team. So, I probably could just have summarized this entire podcast by saying, well, it's a brand new year. Every team hasn't, I mean, with the exception of Ferris, haven't played in 600 something, or I'm sorry, the exception of Davenport haven't really played in over 600 days. So Davenport was one of the teams that played a spring season. They played Gannon twice and won both of those contests running away. Um, I think Deandre Ford is going to be back at quarterback for the Panthers with Sparky McEwen running the show over there. And, I said I originally thought Truman, but now as I'm I'm thinking out loud, you know, Davenport's at home. They've won their last couple of season openers uh dating back to 2017, but I gotta stick with my guns here um, and go with with Truman, unfortunately, to 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 take the win on the road against Davenport. All right, Northern Michigan and McKendry, the Northern Michigan Wildcats under Kyle Nystrom. Also in desperate need of a turnaround season, just as the North of Timberwolves are. Um, Northern picked seventh in the GLIAC, and McKendree was their only win last year. Or, I'm sorry, I say last year, but the last time there was a season in 2019. They won 30-9 to over McKendree, and I'll just, I'll level, I think Northern Michigan Desperately, just as Northwood does, desperately needs to kick the season off with a win, get some confidence, and take advantage of a non conference schedule because we know the gauntlet that the Gleac is, and these are both winnable games for both Northwood and Northern Michigan. So I'm taking them both. I'm going out on a limb. I think, um, despite being picked at the bottom of the the Gliiac for both of these teams they're both going to come away with with week 1 wins. So, give me the Wildcats although they are on the road and let me tell you, there are some there's some tough road trips in 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 Division 2 football and in the Gleeck specifically and I know the the Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan fans are probably screaming through their computer or or phone screens right now saying, "I don't know the half of it" cuz you know at Northwood we we had some road trips but the Michigan Tech or Northern Michigan trip to anywhere, any anything south of, of well, it used to be Ashland, but now, um, I guess, any of the Southern Michigan schools, so Wayne State, Grand Valley, you know, that whole thing, but that's just a tough, tough thing to do. As a, we'll say any football player in college, but just to be on a bus that long, and I, I did the old Google Maps thing. It's about 650 miles from Marquette to McKendry where the where the campus is. So that's a long, long road trip. It's a two o'clock kick. Um, I believe that's in the Central Time Zone, so one o'clock Eastern Time, but there's so many factors that go into a long road trip like that as a team. So I think, uh, I mean, even with that said, Northern Michigan kind of has it up against them, but I'm hoping for Kyle Nystrom and his squad that they can get off on the right foot and get a W in week one. So I took them. I took them. I took the Northern Michigan Wildcats. Next game, Hillsdale and Michigan Tech. Hillsdale, of course, a former member of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Strong program, a rich history of tradition and excellence at Hillsdale. And Michigan Tech, same type of program. You know, gritty, hard-nosed, disciplined. They're not going to make mistakes. They're going to make you beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. And so that's why this this sim- the similarities in styles between these two teams always makes it difficult to make a pick on this one. But I like, I like, un- well, fortunately or unfortunately, ho- however you say it, I think because Michigan Tech had the success they did against them in 2019, they won on the road in at Hillsdale pretty easily, I'd say. But and um, so this year, Hillsdale is going to be looking for some revenge, and it is it is in Houghton, and I believe I don't have the exact details on this, but I believe Michigan Tech's home field. When uh, underwent some renovations there, and uh, they have new turf, and uh, you know it's and Michigan Tech to give them credit always provided another great uh, game day experience. You know with the band and uh, obviously the weather, and 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 so uh, it's a tough place to play. Make no mistake about it. But Hillsdale picked fifth in the Gmac, which is the the highest they've ever, or high how how should I say this? It's the worst they've been picked because I always get confused, you know, highest, lowest, like it's the lowest in the standings, but it's not the lowest number, the highest number, you know what I'm saying. They're picked five out of eight, and that uh, is Hills a Hills, team that's had a lot of success so they in recent years. So they're a little bit down this year, but who's to say they can't go on the road and get a win against Michigan Tech? That's what I foresee happening, so I've got the Chargers in that one. And we wrap it up with Saginaw Valley State at home against Texas A&M Kingsville in what they call the Red Feather Classic. But Saginaw Valley under the lights to give them credit. You know, again, being a Northwood guy, it it pains me to say, but I, I will always give credit when credit is due. And Saginaw at home under the lights can be a tough place to play. So Ryan Brady era, year number two. It'll be interesting to see. Um, how he replaces Conklin at quarterback, and some of the other weapons that they lost. Heath Williams was a great player on the defensive end. But um, they still they still have plenty of talent, and we'll see how they put that together. But I, I think Saginaw Valley will be... Um, uh, Uh, a step above Texas A&M Kingsville just in terms of talent on the field. And again, they're playing at home under the lights, another hostile environment. I'll take the Cardinals in this one. So there's your week one picks, and we're going to keep track of my record. We're going to hold me accountable. I would want nothing more, but I've got Slippery Rock over Wayne State, Northwood over Gannon, Ferris State over Finley, Truman defeating Davenport, Northern Michigan getting a week one victory over McKendree, Michigan Tech falling to Hillsdale, and the Cardinals of Saginaw Valley State defeating Texas A&M Kingsville. So we will see. It'll be a lot of fun to continue to follow along. The Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference and all the action on the gridiron. As always, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode number one. Episode number one is always a little bit different because we don't have a week of games to react to. And, you know, we'll get the mailbag stuff rolling. We'll get some coaches in here to to talk about their teams and and make fun of me like every coach does. Because I I don't know why that just brings them joy. Again, I've I've got tough shoulders. I can handle it. But in all seriousness... Gleek football's back. Can't wait to continue on with all of you. And if you've got a topic idea, send it in. You know, I know we touched on some of that on the, the interview with Commissioner Dunbar. You know, NIL stuff, teams leaving the conference. You know, people have asked me about Northwood leaving the conference. And so I think in the mailbag um, in some coming weeks, if we want to really dissect that, we can. But for this first episode, I just wanted to focus on kicking the season off right the exciting times we've got ahead. So we've got all season. Send your mailbag stuff in. You can do it a couple of different ways. Easiest is on Twitter at Jake underscore Ritma. DMs are open. You can tweet me, at me. I, I get bullied on Twitter all the time. So again, I, I can handle it. Thick skin. Gmail works, um, or I should say email. My email is jakeritma at gmail.com. That's just J-A-K-E-R-I-E-P-M-A at gmail.com I know people have gotten in touch with me on Facebook I honestly don't check the Facebook as often but Instagram same thing DM's are open and there's a wide variety of platforms to get in touch with the Gliac Football Weekly Podcast sure Snapchat dude the only thing I'm not doing that TikTok thing I'm not on the TikTok forget about it it's not for me well I mean of course I occasionally browse some interesting TikTok videos but I don't I don't have a a, a, a thing I don't even know if you can on that, but just let's stick to Twitter, maybe Facebook, um, email's great, any of that, and of course, if you want to submit anything um, to the GLIAC as well, they can send it my way. But we're all about listener interaction, and we're all about the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, and I can't wait to continue bringing you all the action. Again, the GLIAC Football Weekly Podcast is dedicated to the latest and greatest on the gridiron in the GLIAC. So. My thanks to Commissioner Chris Dunbar for coming on episode one. My thanks to you all for tuning in. Let's have a great week. Let's go watch some GLIAC football. Let's cheer on our teams and all the best. And we'll circle back next week. And until then, remind you, as Coach Ritma always said, to go mad, go make a difference. We'll talk to you next time. He's back. He's looking. He's still looking.
1: He's going for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Gliak Football Weekly. Tune in next time.